Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. My closest friend is darkness. That's how Psalm 88 ends. And maybe not a great way to start a sermon. <laughs> and we began this service with lament. But if we're honest, our lament was actually pretty tame compared to those found in the scriptures. But why on this Advent Sunday where the theme is hope would we start this way? These psalms of lament, this book of lamentations is included in scripture for a reason. God understands. God is not afraid of it. God is gracious enough to hold our anger, our desperation, our despair, our sorrow. And these are the depictions of purest hope. It is desperate hope. It is the hope that is all you have left, and even it may seem dead. When you despair and all you have left to say is, God, where are you? God, how could you let this happen? God, do something. Why, God? How long, O oh Lord? As a friend told me earlier this week, Hope stinks. Because when all you have left is hope, it means you're screwed. It means you've been beaten down. Everything seems to have gone wrong, and the only thing you have left is to cry out to God. It's messy, it's painful, it's agonizing. But this desperate hope is honest. It's honest about the circumstances, and it's honest about our emotions. And I've realized something that even though these laments, these soul cries, don't sound very hopeful, they actually are a sincere cry of hope and declaration of faith. Because you don't cry out to God if you don't believe that God is sovereign. You don't cry out to God if you don't believe that God is good and this isn't the way things should be. This desperate hope is the hope that reminds us that God is in charge, that God is good, and that God is faithful to God's promises. So in the middle of the book of Lamentations, it may be perhaps the only part of the book that many of us read, in the midst of so much pain and agony, the lamenter says this, but this I call to mind, this I remember, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. And you imagine the hope and the faith it took to say that after watching your city be destroyed, watching your family 
disappear. Watching your neighbors enslaved or worse. Even in the midst of all this pain and suffering, desperate hope remembers the goodness and faithful love of God. This hope, the goodness and faithfulness and the love of God is the only thing left to cling to. And out of that crucible of suffering, grief, pain, loneliness is forged the richest of hope and the truest of faith. Because it's a faith that moves beyond circumstances. It is a hope that God is good even when everything around you says otherwise. And that desperate hope in the goodness and faithful love of God leads us to persistent, enduring hope. It brings us to the point of faithfulness that we will continue to serve God and trust God no matter what the circumstances may be. And regardless of any benefit or lack thereof, it may bring us. It is not a self-seeking hope or a self-serving faith that is all about what's in it for me. It is the persistent hope that says, I will serve God because he is God. This is the hope of waiting, expectant waiting and active waiting. This is persistent and enduring hope. It is steadfastness and faithfulness to living in the ways of God, no matter what. It doesn't always look glamorous, but this is, as Eugene Peterson says, the long obedience in the same direction, hoping. Faithfulness to living a holy, set-apart life, living counterculturally, but doing so for the good and well-being of the world. A testament to the goodness of God. It is the hope that continues to believe that there is something more. There is something better, despite what any cynics may say. And if we continue to live in the way Jesus taught us, we will see it. This enduring hope, persistent hope, is the hope that Paul writes of for the Thessalonians. In chapter 1, verses 2 through 7, we give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Persistent hope is the message Jeremiah sends to the exiles in Babylon. In Jeremiah 29, he exhorts them to work for the good of the city in which you live, to be a blessing even when you don't feel blessed. It is the steadfastness of Zechariah and Elizabeth to continue serving God even when their longed-for child 
no longer seems a reality or a possibility. It's the hope of Simeon as he awaits the Messiah, continuing to serve faithfully. Persistent hope continues to live faithfully while looking forward to goodness that is coming, to God fulfilling God's promises. Persistent hope says this cancer will not define me. This illness will not have victory over me. I will continue to press on even in my grief and sorrow that my loved one is dying or has already died. Persistent hope maintains the courage to be and the courage to live faithfully. And sometimes, persistent hope, living faithfully, actually demands something more from us. It demands defiant hope. Because if our hope is in a God who is good and a God who is love, then we have to stand for goodness and love. Defiant hope stands against injustice, stands against oppression, stands against sin and against evil even at the risk of life and well-being. It says, this is not the will of the good and loving Father. Therefore, I will not stand for it. This defiant hope is the hope of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in Babylon, refusing to eat the Babylonian food, refusing to bow down before an idol, continuing to pray to the one true God, even at the risk of being thrown in a lion's den. This defiant hope is the hope of Esther, the audacity to go before the throne and plead on behalf of her people. This is the hope of Jews in ghettos and in concentration camps celebrating the festival of booths during the Holocaust says, you may break my body, but you cannot break my soul. This is creative hope that refuses to resort to the means and methods of evil. This is the hope of those who practice nonviolent resistance, saying, I am a human being created in the image of God, and it is not okay for you to treat me like this. But I believe that you too are created in the image of God. It is creative hope because it continues to ask how the creative God might call us to be agents of change. This is the creative gospel hope of our global partners that Cindy talked about. That says the gospel is the power of freedom and we can actually free people from slavery by educating them with the gospel, teaching them to read and write, providing their basic needs, empowering them with education and awareness, affirming their self-worth as those created in the image of God, and empowering them with the gospel of Jesus. Hope is desperate. Hope is persistent. Hope is defiant. And at the center of all this hope, this desperate, persistent, defiant hope is the incarnation. The thing we look to at Advent 
Because ultimately, hope says, you are not alone. The good and loving and faithful God shows his goodness by entering into the brokenness, the suffering, the pain, the evil, entering into the unjust world. By becoming human and living among us, Jesus says in word and in action, you are not alone. I am with you and I am for you. As Tim Keller said, Jesus Christ experienced darkness as his only friend. So in your darkness, you can know that Jesus is your friend. He's still there. Jesus was truly abandoned so that you only feel abandoned. And you can know that God's still there. God is not going to abandon you no matter what you do because of what Christ has done. Jesus did not abandon us in his darkness. So we know he won't abandon us in ours. Jesus' hope is enduring and persistent hope. He continues to be faithful to God even when the religious leaders ridicule him, threaten him, and even when they arrest him, even when his followers abandon him. Jesus refuses to resort to the means of evil to defeat evil. His hope is defiant, believing that if he trusts God, that if he continues to act in love, goodness will prevail. And the resurrection stands as the ultimate defiant hope. It defies death itself. So to all of those who are desperate, clinging to hope, Jesus says, you are not alone. To all those who are waiting, persisting in hope, and living faithfully in the face of cynicism, Jesus says, you are not alone. To all those who stand in the defiant hope against injustice, violence, hatred, oppression, Jesus says, you are not alone. And because of him, we have one other hope. This is extravagant hope. That we get to share the glory of God. In Romans 5.2, Paul writes, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And later in Romans 8.30, he says, And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. <clears throat> Around this room, there are people clinging to desperate hope. There are people persisting in hope. There are people practicing defiant hope. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are not alone?
Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.